This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 405 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by FeedXL. Visit them at FeedXL.com. Enjoy today's tip. Well, this is Glenn the Geek from Lexington, Kentucky, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Well, today we have back with us Dr. Narada Richards, and she is the founder of our sponsor today, FeedXL. She's a doctor in nutrition and uh, equine nutrition, and she joins us all the way from Australia. She's uh, done many tips with us before. You can find them just by going to Horse Tip Daily and searching under Tips by Expert on the left-hand side of the page, and you can pull up Dr. Narada Richards. She's a lot of fun to speak with, and it's I think it's just filled with information. We have two different doctors now that do give us tips on nutrition, and it, it is interesting to hear both opinions, I find. Sometimes they vary a little bit, sometimes they're the same, but uh, it does give you a varied opinions of, of uh, nutrition, and you know, not every doctor agrees on everything. So uh, that's why we bring you varied opinions, is so that you can choose what it is that you uh, want to believe or what you want to try. So this is Dr. Narada Richards, and as I said, she's the founder of FeedXL. FeedXL is that website we've been talking about for a long time where you can go to see if you're feeding your horses correctly. Just take a couple minutes, put in information about your horse, put in information about what you feed your horse from hay to grain to supplements, everything. And they have almost 2,500 different companies' products in there, and they're all broken down by each of their individual ingredients. And after you put all your information in, FeedXL spits out reports that shows you whether you're feeding your horses too much, whether you're feeding your horses too little, whether they're getting too much of one supplement or not enough of another. And it tells you how you can adjust that. So that's all done by FeedXL.com. And now here's the founder of FeedXL, Dr. Narada Richards. Well, Dr. Richards, welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Hey, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. I just—it's uh, always fun to speak with you. We were just talking off the air a little bit about accents and how everybody likes the Australian accent. Guys like like your accent, and uh, girls certainly like the Australian guy accent. <laughs> I just hope that people can understand me. I tend to talk quite fast as well. So yeah, you you are a speedy talker, but uh, mm-hmm. I think that comes from uh, you're a little bit like me with uh, with with that, and I have to force myself to slow down. I met the coolest guy I wanted to mention to you uh, earlier on one of the episodes at the World Equestrian Games. I didn't know if you've ever heard of Guy McLean. I have heard of Guy McLean. I love Guy McLean. He's great. Well, he was over here. I got to spend almost every night with him at the uh, where we were recording our shows every night during the World Equestrian Games. I got to spend a lot of time with Guy. got to see his show several times. What oh, a well. cool guy. He's an entertainer. Yep. And he he does some amazing horses or things with those horses of his. I know. They're incredible, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. There's we have a um uh horse exhibition over here every second year called Equitana yes. um in yep. November. So and he I have to say he's the only person that I actually make a point of going to see because I'm working there all the time so I don't get to see a lot of the a lot of the performances. But um guy's the only one who I actually make a point to to make sure I get around to see and Every he time. works with Australian stock horses. Yes. Which I guess are sort of a combination, what, thoroughbred, quarter horse, sort yeah, of like? I mean, I was trying yeah, to compare they've been it to a... bred from, yep, 
yeah, they still have, I mean, we still have a lot of foundation mares as far as I understand coming into the stock horse breed and a lot of them are thoroughbred. Um, and there is a lot of quarter horse blood in there and there's probably a lot of our, um, our whaler blood perhaps, but I probably shouldn't talk too much because I don't know a whole lot about the, the actual breeding. I'm, I'm terrible with equine genetics. So, um, <laughs> but I do love, I, I love my Australian stock horses. Wow. I have one and she's just gone and gotten in fold of a gorgeous stallion. So I'll have two in about 11 months. <laughs> well, if his are any indication, they are very smart, very trainable horses. Yeah. Yeah, they're beautiful animals. I love my little mare. I'll just, I'll let you go. I'll let you get to your tip. But one thing he does that blew me away, and he was doing this in a small, I mean, his area that he had to work in was small. It was a round pen size. And he would just get the one horse to lay down on the ground, and the other three horses, while he was standing on top of two of them, would sidestep over the horse that was laying on the ground. Yeah, incredible, huh? uh, I can't think of any other horse that would he put would do that. I mean, it just no. talk about getting his horses to trust him. Uh, it just is amazing. It, it's beautiful to see. I love that's why I love watching it. It's just so nice to watch a horse that trusts someone so much and and knows and also knows exactly what um, is being asked of them. Unlike my poor horses, often. Well, he's like, what do you want do, me to do? <laughs> he's going to do very well here in the United States. He caused quite a stir. People absolutely loved him. He made a ton of good contacts at the wag, and I think. Uh, I think he's going to do good, very well on his tour here. So no, I'm, great. I'm excited for yeah, him. That's really good. Sorry, I just had to bring that up and ask if you knew him because he's. Yeah, no, out. he's. I don't. I don't know him, but I um. I I've certainly seen him um, work with his horses quite a bit. All right, cool. So we're not talking about Australian stock horses today, then. Uh, no, I'd love to, but no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we're going to have a look at um, equine gastric ulcers today because uh, it's such a massive problem for so many horses. Um, but I just want to have a look at a few feeding management things you can do to reduce their incidence and their severity uh, in horses, mainly their incidence. Um, so there is a, a few things that you can do um, to hopefully prevent them in your horses. So I don't think we really need to talk about what gastric ulcers are. Most people are quite familiar with them, yep. but... Um, Basically, they're a lesion in the in the stomach of the horse, um, and generally they're in the upper region of the stomach because the upper region, the, the stomach is divided into two sections. So the upper region is um, a non-glandular region, so it's not actually it doesn't have any um, secretions to actually protect it from the stomach acid that is produced in the the lower portion of the stomach. So it's quite prone to um, injury, I guess, from the acid if the acid gets up to that that area so the things that you can um, do to reduce the incidence of ulcers pretty much focus around stopping um, that injury of that upper part of the stomach occurring uh, now there's been a there's been a really neat study done in um, western australia here in australia looking at why um, ulcers occur and they've found things like uh, you know the longer a horse is in training the more uh, likely it is to have ulcers um, if the, this is in thoroughbreds if if the horses were exercised on a track on the property that the horses are actually housed on um, their incidence was a lot lower than horses that were actually transported to a track um, to be trained uh, horses that didn't get any turnout time and particularly turnout time with paddock buddies were um, more prone to having ulcers, anything, any like horses that were stressed. Um, and one really neat thing they found, or one kind of quirky thing I guess they found, was that talkback radio in the stables, and, and I imagine it would mostly be the racing radio, so something that would remind the horses of, of being actually at the races, um, 
had a correlation to the incidence of ulcers in horses. So if that took really? that radio was on, yeah, the horses in those stables had more ulcers than than horses that. I wonder if were they get ulcers listening to me. What? <laughs> do you want me to try it? Yes, yeah, so check that and see. <laughs> Maybe not. We, we could do a study on that. Uh, yeah. Um, My so, wife yeah, gets ulcers little... listening to me, so <laughs> I guess that could happen. <laughs> well, feed her some alfalfa hay. See how she goes. Uh, yeah. So, um, so all those those little things sort of help us um, identify uh, feeding management practices you can employ um, to help your horse reduces risk of getting ulcers. So the, the first thing, and I think this is probably one of the most important things, is don't exercise horses on an empty stomach. Uh, and I, I know everyone's had their mother say to them, don't go swimming, you know, for half an hour after you've eaten food because you'll get a cramp and sink to the bottom of the pool and you'll drown. Right, exactly. Um, I know my mum used to say that to yeah. me and, and, and I still don't. I still go, oh, I've just eaten. I can't go and swim. But um, it, horses aren't supposed to have an empty stomach. I mean, they're, they're continuous feeders, unlike us who are meal feeders. So um, if you think about it, a horse's stomach really should never be empty. Um, and, you know, if they're in the wild and suddenly a prey animal comes upon them and, and chases them to kill them and eat them, they're not going to go, hang on a minute, I've just eaten. I can't run right now. Can we wait to have the chase in about 30 minutes? Um, they've just got to get up and run. Uh, they don't have that luxury. So they have to be able to run on, on a full stomach. Um, and running them on an empty stomach or exercising them on an empty stomach is actually um, likely to be quite harmful. There was a really, really neat study done in Europe, um, and I can probably tell you who the authors were, um, Lorenzo Figuras, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, in 2002, they actually put a pH meter in the very top part of a horse's stomach um, and then tracked or logged the pH change as the horse's exercised uh, and they found that walking there was no change in pH but as the horse got up towards galloping because of the the movement in the horse um, and the squashing of the stomach the pH in that upper region of the stomach which really shouldn't um, go too low was getting down into really really acidic um, regions so it was showing that on on an empty stomach that acid from the bottom part of the stomach actually gets pushed up and and covers the top part of the stomach which has absolutely no protection from it sure. um, and you really don't want that to be happening so by giving them a small meal um, and and I would suggest using something like alfalfa hay prior to so this is if your horse has been boxed overnight and it's finished its night feed um, and hasn't had any hasn't had any feed before you exercise it a small meal of alfalfa prior to um, going out and exercising is just going to give it that bit of feed in there to stop that acid from being able to so easily splash and move around um, and plus you get the you get the benefit of um, the saliva that's produced when the horse actually chews the hay that provides a buffer and with alfalfa it actually um, has quite good buffering capacity as well just itself so um, you sort of get a double a double buffering effect there uh, now with the study in in western australia that showed that horses were that were trained at the track versus horses that were trained um sorry horses that lived at the track versus horses that were um trucked in or, or floated in um to a track to train how they had a different incidence of of ulcers um i would take from that that I mean, maybe the stress of travelling, but also the time it took for those horses to finish training and then get all the way back to their um, 
stables. So they had more ulcers? feds, they had more ulcers. Okay. The ones that were travelling had had um, a much higher incidence of ulcers than ones that didn't. So there's that real time lag between when they finish their training um, and when they're actually being fed for the first time that day. Um, so the, the poor old stomach is, you know, they've just run on an empty stomach. So they've had all this acid splashing around on that top region of the stomach. Um, and then there's nothing sort of going down. So no chewing, no salivation, um, nothing to sort of, you know, help wash that acid off the top part, I guess, um, and provide um, the buffering protection that you get with, with chewing and, and saliva. So if you do... Um, if you do train your horses away from where they're going to get fed, take some take some food with you so that they can have a small feed before they actually hop back on on the truck or back in the trailer uh, and come home. And and again, just something as simple as just a small piece of alfalfa hay would and and in fact hay is probably better because they have to chew it more and they salivate more um, is is likely going to help just um, reduce that risk of ulcers forming. Huh. Okay. Interesting, huh? Yeah, that is interesting. I wouldn't have uh, correlated it. I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have put those together. No, no. It was just that that study had sort of shown that. Um, and, it, you know, I mean, stress is a massive risk factor, risk factor for ulcers. And we do know that horses, some horses do find traveling quite stressful. So it, it may just be the stress. But um, it, when you think about it, or when I think about it logically, if there's an empty stomach, um, just filling it up with something is going to have a big positive impact. Um, the next one you can do is provide turnout time. So if you if your horses are boxed primarily, getting them out onto pasture and, and getting them out with a paddock mate where possible um, is going to reduce – well, first of all, it will reduce their stress level. Um, and it's also going to provide your horse with an opportunity to graze. So when they're grazing, they're continuously producing saliva as they're chewing, um, and that sort of helps to buffer and protect the stomach as well. So any amount of turnout time you can give horses during the day is going to help. Uh, and the last one is providing regular small meals and constant access to hay. Um, so the more you can get a horse to, to chew and salivate over the period of the day, the less time um, the stomach is going to be there without receiving any buffering protection. Because because horses are um, grazers and, and they're supposed to be eating constantly, their stomach is constantly producing acid. It never actually stops, unlike in us where um, when we see food or think of food, our our brain um, and body goes, well, we must be about to eat, um, and it'll start producing acid then. But then once we're finished eating, it shuts it off. So we're very different um, to horses. So if horses are only eating in, say, two set meals a day um, for maybe, you know, two, three hours of the day that they're eating. There's an awful lot of time in that day that that stomach is producing acid um, and there's no saliva and food going down to provide buffering protection. Which so makes the sense. More, I mean, that's why they're grazers, you know. That's why yeah. they're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, a lot of this problem is, is likely because we've changed their feeding patterns so dramatically. Um in saying that, there is a lot of stables who do provide constant access to hay um, and do separate their feeds up into small meals and they still have problems with gastric ulcers. So it's not the be-all and end-all solution, just um, feeding them more. But it, it's certainly, if you're not doing it, it's certainly something that you should be doing. Um, and also make sure it's hay that they actually want to eat. Um, I do see horses in, in boxes that have got massive bags of hay, um, but they're not eating it because they probably don't really particularly like the type of hay that it is so it has to be um it's no good just putting it there it has to be something that they are actually going to going to eat so having a, a combination of different hays or you know making sure that it's just good quality hay that they they do like will help 
Um, and of course, separating out their hard feeds as well during the day is going to make sure that they eat um, more frequently as well. Sounds sounds like it's correct to me. It makes perfect sense. It, 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 yeah, mostly mostly it's um, I guess just logical when you think about how a horse has evolved, um, what they're supposed to be eating, and and how you know running on the full stomach and things like that. Um, if you can sort of keep it as close to what what they evolved to do, um, hopefully will cause a lot less problems for them. All right, and of course, people can check out your website to see if your horses are eating correctly. Too much of this, too little of that, and they can go to feedxl.com and uh, just plug some information in there. It's a couple-step program, doesn't take long at all, and the results uh, are are very enlightening and, and quite extensive. It goes through uh, a whole bunch of different things, and it, it definitely is worth checking out at feedxl.com. Thank you, Dr. Richards. We appreciate you being here on a regular basis with us, and I think people are getting a lot out of it. No worries, Glenn. I find it a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks once again to Dr. Richards for joining us here on Horse Tip Daily. We certainly appreciate it. And, of course, you can listen to all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. We have eight of them, and soon to be nine, we have an announcement coming up of a new show that's going to be joining the lineup, and we hope that you'll take a listen to that as well. And, of course, I wanted to also mention that if you own a company and you would like to take a look at advertising on on horses or on the Horse Radio Network, rather, you can do so just by contacting me at Glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. We'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 